Welcome to Imagine Radio, featuring insights and opinions from thought leaders and subject matter experts in the HIM and healthcare industry to help you stay educated and informed. Welcome back to Imagine Radio. I'm your host, Todd Youngblood. Our next guest, recently retired, right? Yes. Smiling and smiling a little yeah. bit about that. Ms. Glorianne Bryant. She's a former national director of coding, quality, education, systems, and support for a major integrated healthcare system. Glorianne, thanks for coming by. It's a pleasure to have you. My pleasure to be here with you, Todd. It's great. Oh, kind of exciting, exciting news. So I, I can't help but ask you about your career. Yes. Now that you're kind of capping it off and moving on to uh, bigger and better things. Yeah. 46 and a half years, I started out as a file clerk in a physician's practice with, they had 43 physicians and just with ongoing education, going back to school, getting certified, credentialed. And, you know, it's all about being willing to share. That's one of my big vision statements is, is the sharing. It's also being an individual that's willing to volunteer or step up, even if you don't know what you're doing, yes. <laughs> primarily, if you step do that step forward, you'd be surprised how people then perceive you as someone that, hey, let's try her in this role. She hasn't done it before, but Is let's sure do willing, that. willing to give it a crack. I am willing, you know, that kind of thing. And they stay dedicated. Actually, sometimes it turns out you actually can do it pretty good, even though you've never done it before. And it just adds to that historical resume right, for yourself. Right. And you move on and up. And I ended up in a corporate position. Plus, it, sound, it sounds like fun. It is. Yeah. yeah. So when I look back here, especially in this venue and say, wow, 46 years here. Yeah, it's a long time. And I had several different roles, but made my way, you know, I wasn't striving for it. Sometimes they just come your way. It happens. It happens. And making sure that I have my credentials to back myself up in the education. And, And with each of those, you gain more experience. So those experiences have such great value to the next step. Well, if ever the phrase subject matter expert applied, mm-hmm. I think it applies to you, Gloria. Well, I've been called that several times well, good. <laughs> in several <laughs> different places. There's so. many other things yeah. you could be called. <laughs> yes. It's been, it's been a fun ride. Well, let's talk a little bit about coding standards. That's mm-hmm. really the, the E in subject matter mm-hmm. expert, I think, when it comes to you. Yeah, it's a nice area that we actually need to embrace more. With AHIMA having now a lot of attention around standards in general mm-hmm. around health information management, the niche of coding, that special section, is one that we have had the ethical standards, which I recently helped revise for AHIMA, and we now need to go beyond that. Certainly nourishing and making sure others take the ethical standards and apply them. And that's sometimes challenging. You can have a standard, right. but do we really operationalize it and believe it and live and, live and breathe and, and have it as part of our daily well, work? Make the case for it. Why is it important? Well, first of all, those types of ethical standards present themselves for consistency and continuity, which equals quality. And it is certainly an area where we protect ourselves from doing things wrong. Right. Compliance. It's that balancing act of making sure that we do things compliantly, ethically in our work. Coding is well, so I'm sorry, unique. I want to interrupt yeah, you because sure. I think I heard you say that there's a balance between compliance mm-hmm. and ethics. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. I mean, I don't well, understand. Why, I mean, I need to have both. Mm-hmm. You do. And you need to make sure that you're balancing that all the time, equally balancing it, not just one way or the other. But you need to be personally and professionally ethical. And then your actual operational 
product you do or how you teach others needs to be very compliant with federal regulations. Right, right. We have a lot of rules we have to follow in in healthcare, but in, in coding as well. And so making sure that we always have ethics and compliance together and making sure they're balanced equally. Right, it's a balancing right. of equalness that we continue to make sure that we live and breathe it each and gotcha. every day. What additional things need to get done to ensure that there's a high level of ethics and compliance? I mean, it's the kind of bar that you want to keep moving up, I would think. So how do, how exactly. do we make that happen? Well, one of the things uh, that I believe we really can do or should be doing here is just talking about it more because sometimes being ethical is a little uncomfortable. People don't like to talk about that. Yeah, I don't want to be perceived as unethical. Right, right, so they don't want to even talk about the ethical side or they don't want to share that someone did something very uncompliant. And so it's sometimes a touchy situation, but more of that needs to be done, more exposure in that area. There's a lot of things that aren't done correctly that we need to identify and correct. Sometimes it's a situation where we're not going to get you in trouble, Right. But we need to identify that there's a problem so we can correct it. I look at it as like part children and you mm-hmm. say, you're doing that wrong. We want to honestly tell me and I'll tell you you're doing it wrong so we can correct it. So it's, is it as simple as saying constructive criticism is critical? It's, it's like if you absolutely. make a mistake, I'm not going to shoot you. <laughs> but but we do have to identify that. That's we do right. have to take some remedial action. We do need to learn how to do it better. And you've got some of those points that is part of compliance. There are certain things within compliance, and the Office of the Inspector General has told us to be and have a compliant healthcare system and break that down a compliant HIM department and break that down even further to coding. You need to have ongoing education for your staff, not just once a year, but ongoing. You need to have audits performed. With audits, if you find something wrong, you correct it. That's the point of the audit, right? That's right. And if you find a trend out of that audit, meaning there's probably a problem that's more than one time found, there's probably going on a lot, you need to investigate that and correct it. Mm -hmm. So these things need to be built in to a standard that we can apply to our work. Yeah. Nothing it, to it, right? No, it's, yeah. it's, it is a little bit of work, but actually it's quite exciting work at the same time because, you and I'm more positive maybe than some people are, and they say that the glass is half full or half empty. I'm it's, always, more, it's always half full. I'm more on the positive mm-hmm. side and looking for that people want to do the right thing. We have a lot of pressure for finance. We have a lot of pressure yep. for reimbursement, money, and our healthcare system is now being labeled as a business. So how do we make sure we're being very ethical in our business of healthcare. Well, that's an, it's an interesting segue because mm-hmm. all of a sudden the dollars and cents start, start coming into it. And if I put my chief financial officer hat on and I hear about all these standards and, uh, you know, ethics mm-hmm. and compliance and blah, 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 I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to be too much of a wise guy here. Mm-hmm. What's this going to cost me? And exactly. what's my return on investment? Yeah. And measuring the return on investment when well, you're talking about ethics in particular strikes me as really hard. And it can be costly. There needs to be an investment made by an organization, a company, or even a small individual company that they will do certain things. They will monitor. They may track. They may do education. Where's the return? You're protecting yourself. You're protecting yourself from that risk, which we know at the federal level, you can be fined. You can be um, jail time. You can take away. You have have my attention. Yeah. You have your ability to even treat any Medicare or Medicaid patient can be taken away from you. So that's a huge for most of the hospitals and practices in America because they treat Medicare and Medicaid patients. If you took right. that away, what would your business be? So are you suggesting that as the CFO, 
kind of person? Mm -hmm. I had to look at this sort of like an insurance policy? Absolutely. There's your ROI. It is a definitely an insurance. And I like that. I like that about Todd being phrased that because they're looking for how, how what's my return on investment? We're keeping you on the straight and narrow. We're mm -hmm. protecting your organization from fines, both civil and, and criminal. We are making sure that we uh, have a good reputation. How valuable is a reputation of a health Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> today. Today especially. Because it's table stakes, frankly. Mm -hmm. if, if you don't have a good reputation mm -hmm. as a health care provider, mm -hmm. you're, you're not a health care provider anymore. More. Who's going to go to you? And go so on. that's another return on investment. And I've, I've heard people say, well, how can we put the value on that? Because everything gets quantitative back to Right. And that's value. legitimate. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it does make sense. In mm -hmm. fact, you, you have and, to keep, you have to pay the salary mm -hmm. of the doctors and the nurses and the coders and everybody mm -hmm. else. In this yeah. Complex and, and your reputation is about good people doing good things and doing them, uh, following the rules or the standard. And the results will come with that. It's mm -hmm. like it's inevitable that then good things will result. Pull out your crystal ball for a minute, mm -hmm. Gloria, and, and look out the next, say, three, four, five years. What developments do you see? It might be technological or the standards or new issues. What do you think is on the horizon? All of those. I believe that, yes, we're going to continue to invest in technology. We can't help not to. Our world is just so personal world, private world, family world is so technologically. It's everywhere. Yeah, right, and with right. young people being taught in schools about all these things, it just is going to happen. So technology, I think, is going to go even farther. How far can it go? We're always going to need that human interaction with things like computerized natural language processing. We're going to need that human intervention, that human thought process, because it does get challenging. Coding in particular is not just black and white. It's, there's a lot of gray in there, interpretative. In a lot of judgment required. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it, it, it's going to be a tool, an excellent tool, technology is. But I don't think it can 100% replace the mind or the intelligence yeah, yeah. and the decision-making of a professional coder. Yeah. What next for you, Glorianne? I've had a few minutes now to spend with you, and I see the uh, enthusiasm and energy level you've got. Retired is not a word <laughs> that I would associate with with somebody like you. What's next well, on your list? You. Something tells me you're going to have your finger in this ahima pie somehow or another. <laughs> well, it's funny you use finger because a couple of folks here at the convention have said, "Are you going to keep your hand in it?" And I said, "I'm going to I'm going to definitely keep my finger in it. Maybe just my pinky to start out with." But they said, "I we need you here. We need you involved and engaged." But I will be. Uh, Staying connected, especially to our professional association and local state association. I'm from the state of California. And actually, people said, well, how do we get in contact with you? And I said, well, that's funny that you say. I don't have a business card. I'm calling it Stay Connect card. There you so go. So I'm there passing out to stay connected with folks. I do want to stay connected. And I want to keep advocating and keep promoting the coding professional and these new st standards that we should embrace on ethics and compliance. And sharing all that knowledge. Yes. Right? Yeah. Those years of experience. Oh, that's great. Well, I know you've got to get going to get you to pass out more of your sharing cards, yeah. but I won't, I'm not going to let you out of here until you share some contact information. So folks, let's, yeah. let's use another media okay. to get your contact and folks get a hold of you. Well, they can email me at my personal email and that would be my first name, Glorian, G-L-O-R-Y-A-N-N-E, then put a B on the end, so it's all one word, Glorianne B, at sbcglobal.net. Recently retired National Director of Coding, Quality, Education, Systems, and Support for a Large Integrated Healthcare System, Glorianne Bryant. Thanks for taking the time to share your expertise. Thank you, Todd. Really it's been a pleasure. It. That wraps this segment. On behalf of my guest, Glorianne Bryant, I'm Todd Youngblood. 
Imagine Radio will be back in just a few minutes. Imagine Radio. 